Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What is going on, everybody? My name is Cutter Lawler. Welcome to the week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about all things to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Shaw Mean. Shaw, how's it going? Swimmingly, Connor, as in I'm underwater. <laughs> See, every week these bits, I, I have... These bits are getting worse. <laughs> I just don't I like it. I can't, I can't hear you, Connor. The liquid <laughs> above me, it's muffling glub, the sound. Glub, glub. <laughs> Let's hope I have no jump. microphone issues during this, because otherwise... Oh, no, absolutely. There was one week, many, many a year ago, where Shaw did sound like he was underwater and in a phone box at the same time. It was remarkable. Turns out there's a button on my microphone that just makes it sound shit. It's a weird button to have. It's big and red and says don't press this, so obviously. <laughs> and the record button is exactly the same colour as the rest of the microphone, so it's real no, hard to find. It, it, it's called the red dark button. It's right beside the record button. And you just got to read the board at the same time. It's just one letter switched. It's weird how to set it up like that. It's my audio-based dyslexia has, ha- has struck is, again. Yeah. So this is Movie Monday, Sean, so this is where we go through all the week's movie news. Now, of course, movies at the minute are on a bit of a standstill, as is everything else. So I try to avoid the news that says, this thing is not happening. That's fair, I'd like that. I do have one or two stories, and I have a very exciting story. All I'm going to give you is there's New Mutants news this week, Sean. News mutants? New, no, that's not what I said. I okay, said fair. new mutants news. Sorry, <laughs> I mis- it's the audio-based dyslexia yeah. again. <laughs> Even in hearing. Just, what can you do? It's getting um, worse. So, it's, so, Sean, we are starting off Movie Mondays this week with Mad Max Fury Road news. And that is that there is going to be a Mad Max Fury Road prequel on the way Charlie's Theron will not be returning in it but they are going to be doing a, a, a prequel to George Miller's um, 2017 film when was that 2018 that's never 2017 uh, 2017 2018 but that seems like time means like nothing 
Time means nothing now more than ever. Yes. Um, that's that's good. Um, mm. Like, if you had told me they were doing a Mad Max prequel, I'd be like, that's kind of shit, because that's just the regular world. But yeah. Fury Road is far enough into the Mad Max timeline that I feel like it doesn't matter when you set a story. It's still going to be weird and interesting. And would you say bring back Mel Gibson? I, 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 was, I didn't, you didn't say that, but I was kind of reading it in your tone. Look, most of my subtext involves bringing back Mel Gibson to things. That's Every, everything you say. Like, well, there's an what undercurrent. Seven. Lethal Weapon 7, guys. Do we bring back Mel Gibson? <laughs> Is he back? Is he allowed to be back? Bring back Mel. Who said that? <laughs> That's weird. Um, um, I, 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 I am all about this. I don't think... I think bringing Charlize Theron back wouldn't be great because her story's kind of done. Yeah. And her backstory is... It's very well explained in Fury Road, I think. See, you say that, but the prequel movie will focus on Charlie's Theron's Furia Osa character from Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, but she's not the back. actress would be playing Furiosa. I think they're probably assuming that maybe... Is, are they losing like 30 years? But Charlie's Theron has looked the same for the last 30 years. So that's I don't true. understand. Unless it's like child Charlie's Theron. That, I think that's the only acceptable way because, I mean... Charlize Theron, she has looked the same for as long as I can remember. <laughs> That's true. Do you cast Eleven from Stranger Things? Um, they, it is rumoured that they're going to be cast, casting um, Jodie Cobra, I think it is, from Killing Eve. Do you watch that? Oh, yeah, I, I, I know who she is. That's that's one of the rumours that she'll be cast in it, but they, it's bad. not confirmed who will be playing the character. Okay, so she's definitely losing an arm at some point in this movie, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. They'll also... They, they, it's either her or um, George Miller is believed to be eyeing up the new mutants and split star, Anna, Anya Taylor-Joy. So that's two very good actresses that you have going for the role. Yeah, and if George Miller's involved... all the, like, the Mad Maxes that he's done have by and large been good, right? Um, no, yeah, George Miller is pretty good. He and the fact that Fury Road was so good that maybe maybe he'd been gone for a long time, so people had kind of lost fate. Not maybe not fate, but you know what I mean. Like if someone's not around for a while, you're like maybe he doesn't have it anymore. And George Miller, he's an older gentleman, so that's true. And he made happy he, feet. He did, but when he came back with Mad Max Fury Road, people were like, "Fuck, this is amazing!" Because Mad this Max is... Fury Road is a great movie. Yeah, and it. it I'd go as far as to say it's better than all the Mad Maxes that came before. Well, bring back Mel. That's just subtext is well, still there, but at the same time. So we're also conversely, we're, we won't be getting a Max in this Mad Max then, presumably. No, um, it's it's about how uh, Furiosa becomes the warrior in that she is in Fury Road. Okay, I'd like to clarify as well. When I said her story was kind of done and her backstory was explained, I meant like in the ten year. I like I I thought if they were still getting Charlize Theron then yeah. that wouldn't be a good Furiosa story. If this is, like, way back, that could be interesting. If, if she's, like, early 20s. Yeah, like, or even, like... Teens? I teen, like, like, 18, 19, I suppose. I think that could be... I don't know, yeah, seeing what... Like, 
Because she she has to have gone through some stuff, I suppose. Yeah, and and because she's such a fucking badass. And uh, I think we've always said, like, prequels aren't as good if you're going to go... Because normally what they do is they do the villains. They're like, this villain is here, but how did he get there? Yeah. He's a killer now, but what turned him into a killer? But here you have a character that is, like, very cool now. And we want to see how she became fucking amazing. Yeah. And it's it's an odd one, kind of, with Furiosa as well, because she's clearly done some bad shit for Immortan Joe and things yeah. like that. So do, do, are we going to see that, or are we going to see everything before that? Everything is awesome. They're going to Lego movie this. Are they? Was that a yeah, prequel no, I... to Mad Max? <laughs> Actually, the no. second one. <laughs> <laughs> actually, how did you mention it? Um, they originally were actually going to plan to CGI DH Charlie Theron, but I think that that was only on the table for a short period because they wanted to obviously go a lot younger. So she was expected to come back. They were going to DH her, and then I think either she said it or George Miller said maybe it'd probably be better if we just recast it because. I don't think she probably wants to do a lot of acting with a load of dots on her face. Yeah, and it's... it's and it's, it's not, also not reliable for the whole it, movie. That's what I was going to say. Like, it, By and large, the stuff in, say, Captain Marvel, that's that looks pretty good, but it's very clearly still not perfect. You know, the Irish yeah, Samuel well. Jackson can't move <laughs> fast. Yeah. He can't move like 30-year-old Sam Jackson. no. Nor should he be able to. No, because he's not. <laughs> he's literally not. Uh, like, actors are in this weird place now where they're expected to act the same age for ages. But do you think this this is, like, going into, like, an uncanny valley kind of thing? But, like, is there a thing where these actors, such as Tom Hanks, like, is he going to be acting when he's 90 or just going to de-age him? See, I don't know, because there's going to come a point that they're going to have a full... Like, we're going to get to the point that you can do a full human render. The Irishman. But I'm talking no actors on set, but you just have, like, all of the faces loaded into a database. Oh, fuck. And you build everything around that. Yeah. Well, that's when the robot overlords eventually take over and we all die. But I, for one, welcome them. I mean, look, we'll get a new Marvel movie every week. (laughs) Every single fucking week. They're just throwing it out. Just like, ah, uh, fucking Hawkeye's son. Yeah, fine. <laughs> fucking throw it out there. It's, it's like um, the computer just generates fucking stories. Have you ever seen those? Um, they throw like a hundred episodes of the Big Bang Theory into Oh yeah, and it generates a script based yeah. off of trends and things like that. <laughs> and so it's just that but for Marvel movies. It'll just make no fucking sense. It's just a load of quips. <laughs> yeah, they're all quipping, but they're quipping about nothing. They're quipping about quips. Yeah, so it's just the most hollow, surface-level Marvel <laughs> script. Um, so yeah, Mad Max Fury Road is going to be getting a prequel. Um, it was a 2015 when the movie came out. By wow, that's so, old. Yeah, that's five years ago, which I did not predict. Happier times, man. Fucking hell, five years ago. I would have we said that was college. 2018. Fuck, yeah. But yeah. yeah, but wasn't that up for a lot of Oscars in 2016 um, then? Yeah, it won quite a few of them now. Uh, it dis- Apparently they had 135 spe- vehicles in the whole production. 
altogether. Yeah, because there's a lot of practical shit as well. Yeah, um, and a great cast. So if you if you get George Miller back, if he's interested and he's not just doing it for a bit of money on the side, I think this movie could be really good and could make Mad Max Fury Road even better if you know where she comes from. But the problem with prequels is if you do it badly, that makes the first movie a little bit worse. Yeah, or, at least, or it's also going to be held to that standard of the yeah. first movie, which isn't fair a lot of the time, but that's the way it is. Um, I did have a question about, do you think that given that everyone's locked inside and has been for a while, that there's going to be a lot of like screenwriters and directors who have just figured out a new way to tell, like to make a story related to what they've already done? Like, because the... Do, um, the, there was a pod, kind of a podcast. Um, it's called Together Apart by Josh Gad. Okay. Um, but he got all the Back to the Future cast back together. Yeah, yeah, I've seen something like that. Didn't um, what's his name do that a few years ago? <laughs> what the fuck's his name? Um, no, keep going. It's some Welsh guy from like Channel 4. Oh, right. <laughs> um, um, but they were saying that they would never do a sequel unless there was a reason to do one. Do you think that a lot of writers have just been thinking about, oh, I wonder, could I do a sequel? And then they've just used all this time to make something. That's a really roundabout way of asking a question of do writers write in their spare time. But I think that the writers have the exact same situation as everybody else. We're all true for our life for the last few years. We've always been like, I'll do it when I get time. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll figure out, uh, like, a Jaws number nine when I get a bit of time. You know what I mean? And then, now they have so much time that it would they would they would go wrong if they didn't even give it a go to even try and write down. Some of them probably have sat down and gone, I'm going to try this, and gone, I have nothing. Like, there's yeah, no way I can make work. this story better. Or, but at the same time, they might just write it for the sake of writing it. Just, that, just because it just might get made. Yeah, and it like you just keep, it's like a muscle you have to keep exercising it, I guess. I I think we're going to get a lot of like there's going to be a lot of movies that are created just by people at home. And they could actually be even better because you don't have studio interference. These are literally just people in their houses just writing the movie. Now, obviously eventually it will get to the studio interference part. But if you have all these just original scripts and people with all this amount of time, there has to be talented people writing fucking scripts right now. That's, like, there has to. And conversely, there, there's also going to be a lot of shit. There's oh, going to be a lot of shit. Oh, so much shit. But you'll <laughs> my, find that one my husband, My husband or my girlfriend or my wife told me this script was fucking amazing. So we're getting this made. We're putting all our money behind this, Bob Iger. <laughs> um, yeah, so they are going to do the Mad Max Fury Road prequel. Um, I thought Mad Max, like, Fury Road was so good, I was just going to say leave it, but Furiosa is probably the only character that is interesting enough that you can get away with this. Um, yeah, I would I would still say go back far enough that it's... Mel Gibson. It's that it's Mel Gibson. No, but that it's, it makes the prequel worthy. That it's not just five years ago. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're moving on to our next piece of news. And something, actually, Sean, it's very interesting that you just brought up. But Josh Gad <gasps> has been cast in space thriller Moonfall from our everyone's favourite director, Roland Emmerich. 
Oh, God. <laughs> okay. It, well, what I do like about him, about Roland Emmerich, is that <laughs> it's this title trying. really... He'll keep trying, and this title really lets you know what you're in for. <laughs> so, Roland Emmerich, if anyone doesn't know, did Independence Day, and yep. he just did a load of really bad disaster movies. He also did Godzilla. Um... But Roland Emmerich is the man that Hollywood calls if you need a disaster movie. And he's been getting away with it for a few years because who likes disaster movies anymore, Sean? I, I, they absolutely, like, they peaked in 2012 when everyone thought the world was going to end. I thought they peaked in Independence Day 1 when the White House exploded. I thought that was, like, peak. But see, but then, like, it's coming in waves, ironically. Um, mm. You got... Because you have, like, Independence Day and, uh, what was it, uh, Deep Impact and Armageddon and all. Like, those are all of the same, I would say, like, area. Genre? Genre or caliber of movie, maybe. Oh, caliber's a good one, yes. <laughs> it's the same level. <laughs> yeah, and then you have your likes of uh, Day After Tomorrow's and things like that. Mm. And I, I feel we've moved on in terms of, like, massive threat. We're literally living in one now. Why would anybody want to go watch this? Yeah, like, Contagion is one of the highest streamed movies at the moment. I can't understand that. I cannot understand that whatsoever. Why, that people are just torturing themselves? Then why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? Like, if, there was, if we were living um, in a world where there was a big monster... I wouldn't be watching any monster movies. But every but you see, people would put it on for ten minutes as a joke, and that would count towards the stream. If there was yeah, an announcement that there was a giant monster outside, Cloverfield Can, would be the top Cloverfield stream. Cloverfield style. Yeah, like, yeah, you're right. Uh, but also, uh, could you do me a favor and um? Do you ha- you can use your one Google for this episode to look up Roland Emmerich's IMDb page? Because I'm pretty positive he did Geostorm. He might have done Geostorm. Or, or the guy, his second in command in Geostorm. Geostorm, everyone's favourite disaster movie from 2017 or something, where a satellite gets blown up and there's just, there's just war. There's it's just, just bad. War. Uh, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scroll back a bit. <clears throat> okay. So we're going to start at Independence Day 1996. Oh, so he started off strong. He, he, now he wrote... Uh, so oh sorry, I'm on his writer credits here. Excuse me. He also wrote Independence Day as it goes. Wow. <laughs> Independence Day. His next movie, Godzilla. His Perfect. next movie, The Patriot. Bring back Mel. <laughs> it's <laughs> his, always there under current. <laughs> his next movie, The Day After Tomorrow. Perfect. His next movie, Ten Thousand BC. Bring back Mel. Yeah. You bring back Mel. Uh, his next movie, 2012. Mm. Bring back uh, John Cusack. <laughs> yeah, do you know what this needs? More more horror. I just need... I need more disaster. Uh, next we have Anonymous. Yeah. Uh, the tagline yeah. of that is, Was Shakespeare a fraud? <laughs> <laughs> this is coming from the man who wrote Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then he did White House Down. Yeah, good. Then he did Stonewall. 
Oh my god. I because love going through Roland Emmerich's IMDP page. I didn't even know I did, but this is great. Stonewall has a whole host of other issues associated yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh, then, oh, Independence Day Resurgence. Unreal. This is it. That's the peak. That That's 2016. But then we come into 2018, which Fuck. is the day after tomorrow, colon, deleted scenes, bracket Fuck. video short. Oh, we needed that. We needed the deleted scenes. Now, uh, and then it was Midway, mm. which is the Battle of Midway. <laughs> uh, and now he's in pre-production for Moonfall. Something Moonfall. called Stargate has been announced. And then oh. Maya Lord. Oh, Jesus. He's just the man that has gotten away with doing the same movie over and over again. And nobody's called him out on it. And, I'm look, you got to respect the hustle. But the he's got a formula. He does, and his it was his second in command that did Geostorm. Um, I can't remember his name, but I know that it was like his assistant director, or um, he's, he's like the next role in Emmerich. Yeah, uh, Gad has Gad has been cast in Moonfall as KC Houseman, an odd, Oof. an unkempt genius, Sean. The inaugural cast member of the ensemble, Gad will tackle the eccentric Casey Houseman, who accurately predicts that the moon has fallen out of its orbit. Fuck. Fuck. Surely you could just look up and say, something's fucking wrong. But no. How does make it... (laughs) It just falls. It can't fall out of orbit. Like, its orbit can change, (laughs) but it can't fall out of orbit. Just fell. Just, oh no, it's like when you just drop like pennies. Oh shit, they're all rolling away. Thus making the space obsessed, profoundly unfiltered, an eccentric man, one of the most important people on earth. Of course, of course it has to be. So there's a a scientist who's weird, he's eccentric, he's the only one that sees the truth. No one listens to him. Nobody listens. He's probably shaking. People like, the moon is out of its orbit. It fell. It tripped and grazed its knee. And everyone's like, yeah, all right, mate. Casey Houseman. So we're get, we're definitely getting a, a, a line where the president says, English, damn it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, you see, Mr. President, it fell out of the orbit. And, you know, and then he's, and you know, galactical pull. There's and, no you know, time for space. your science mumbo the- jumbo. <laughs> Give it to me in English, please, for God's sake, man. Um, <laughs> well, the moon so, got hit by a big rock. Got hit by a big rock, you know what I mean? Um, so, Moonfall will follow the chaotic course of events after the moon is blundered from its orbit by a mysterious force. <laughs> blundered. <laughs> blundered is a weird word to use for this description. And by a mysterious force. Mysterious force. Surely not gravity. Might be gravity. That, is that mysterious? Is it a force? Well, it's a theory. Uh, is this in the Star Wars universe? And it's set on a collision course towards Earth. So the plot is the moon is going to hit Earth. But why? Like, for that to happen, <laughs> something would need to hit the moon hard enough to change its orbit to be intersecting with the Earth itself. or Some sort of mysterious moon- force? Oh, hmm. oh! I'd not thought of a mysterious See, you force. See, hadn't thought of the mysterious force. It's the second time in my life that's done me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, if the moon is hollowed out, then it will crash into the earth. True. Oh fuck! You're dead right. 
And that could also, be a does the moon course. like the moon is the reason we have? I don't want to get to side stuff. Tides. Like, <laughs> if yeah, the moon is like so interlocked with water, and I would say the Earth is a lot of water. Now I don't know the science behind that, but at least at least one inch of it is covered in water. Ah, here now, in English, please. <laughs> And so if the moon even moved a fucking centimetre, I think we'd all be dead in some sort of fucking hydro-related debt. I think, like, I think it's it's a very delicate ecosystem we've got going. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe any slight change to the moon, one mad scientist on his own maybe can't solve everything. But you know, you know what, it's interesting you said that, because one person can't, he's only eccentric, what, you know what he needs... He, he need? needs some sort of team. Well, mere weeks before its devastating impact, a team of misfits is sent oh. on a mission to land on the moon in an attempt to save the world. Are they going to put a big rocket on the moon and move it? I think this is the plot of Sunshine, but opposite. But also, isn't there a movie? It's like a. It's one of the highest grossing movies of last year, but it was like. It was only released in China or something like that. But they're, they try and move the Earth closer to the sun by putting a big rocket on it. I have never heard of that mo- movie in any way. Well, it, it exists. Okay, so sorry, sounds, no, I, I wouldn't doubt you. It sounds like he's doing this, but with the moon and backwards. <laughs> Just copy my homework, but don't yeah, make but, it obvious. It's like, it's, it's like, this is a very niche reference. But you know in Father Ted, where yeah. uh, Dougal has... The, the drawing of dreams versus reality. Yes. It's like that, but it's moon versus earth. And they just switch. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, so Moonfall is in the creative hands of Emmerich, who has set the goal for production to begin this fall, which is, I mean, fair play. Moonfall. Um, moonfall, good. Um, so as production gets closer, more details will unravel, including the pivotal casting choices of those who will join Josh Gad in the roles. Who's now going sh- to play the moon? Who's <laughs> Are we bringing Mel Gibson back? Is Mel back? Just, it's, it's just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, if you want to cast a man as the moon... <laughs> You get no feeling, surely. <laughs> you, you do, surely. But I just think that Roland Emmerich needs to stop. He needs to stop making movies. I think just just do one less disaster movie. Just but, do a movie like, where there's no fucking world ending. I like. I don't think he's done. Like he's done. Uh, you know, he's done your stone walls, and he's done a, a lot of Stargate Atlantises. Mm. But. Like, is it, when you're known as the guy who makes the cheesy disaster movies, I mean, look, it's clearly working for him. He's fabulously wealthy. Yes. Uh, but I, I want to see him do like a like a real good movie. Should he have been beaten up with sticks after he did Independence Day two? Is, how did, is that's the question I've thrown out? How did anyone like greenlight a movie <laughs> after that? Because it was Roland Emmerich. And so he just has bank for some reason. Because he's just been riding the coattails of Independence Day, which isn't even that good. But it became okay. this like cult phenomenon. I like how we spent 10 minutes just shitting on this man. <laughs> he doesn't care. No, he's way better than those in every way. We're just... I just always fascinated whenever his name pops up that he's still... 
he still gets jobs. He's I can't still making movies. Out. It's ridiculous. It's not fair. No, so Moonfall. We're just bitter. We've got a moon. Also, I just read the plot of this movie, and I'm like, Sean needs to hear. There's going to be a movie where the moon just falls, and it's called Moonfall. <laughs> Look, the the title is what I'm most looking forward to. <laughs> he doesn't beat around the bush. Look, it's Moonfall. The moon is falling. Figure it out, right? Josh Gad, he's a weird scientist. You're going to have loads of cool scenes where they don't believe him until they do believe him. And then they'll have to blow up the moon. Which ultimately uh, will eventually kill us anyway. What? No, they've made a second moon. Second moon. Second moon. The only way that movie can end right is if they put the moon exactly back to where it was when it started. Because otherwise we're all going to die anyway. Yeah, but that means that there'll be conceivably two, either no moons in the space at one point, <laughs> or two moons. <laughs> which I think would be more disastrous. That's too many moons. It's too, one too many moons. One too uh, many moons. <laughs> um, so we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is something that I talked about last week. It's Tom Cruise. Um, oh. <clears throat> but news keeps coming out about Top Gun 2. And Tom Cruise is our famous ma- favourite maniac. So Tom Cruise is doing a movie in space, uh, as we found out last week with Elon Musk. Um, but lately, he had a movie called Top Gun 2 coming out, Sean. I don't know if you've heard of it. You're probably not that of... much into movies. Well, no, I, I couldn't give a shit, quite frankly. Yes, I just use this as a platform to bring back Mel. Um... <laughs> <laughs> For what? You don't like movies? <laughs> just as a man. Just as a map for his directorial work. Oh yes, he's very good. <laughs> um, but it's Top Gun Maverick was. It was either meant to come out or had come out or will never come out. It's meant to come out in June of this year. Not going to happen, is it? No. Well, it's been pushed back six months. But the news I have is Tom Cruise put his co-stars through rigorous training that sounds insane for the movie Top Gun 2. Yes! Yes! But here's the thing, Connor. Our whole thing about hating Jared Leto and being alright with Tom Cruise is that Tom Cruise like never made anyone else's life miserable, only his own. Yeah, he, he is willing to like stab himself for any role. But normally he doesn't involve other people. But I think this time he said Top Gun is close to his heart. So he made sure that everybody else was just as trained as he was. In in what? Because like, if it's training in like yoga, that's mm. fair enough. <laughs> My question to you is, I know what it is and I'm about to tell you. What do you think he made them do <laughs> for Top Gun? Is it like flight combat? <laughs> You know, it's interesting you say that. Well, in an interview with Yahoo, producer Jerry Bruckheimer talked about Cruz's training process with his fellow co-stars for Top Gun. When when talking about the cast training process for the film, Bruckheimer stated, Cruz put the actors through this gruelling process over three months. Gruelling! So they could take... So they could take the G-forces when we put them in the FA-18s, which are the speed speed jets. So... He made them go through either astronaut training, I'm assuming, just for G-forces. 
Um, like the big spinny all, centrifuge machine. I could only assume. I've only seen TV about that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was a really tough slog for these young actors because they also had to go through water survival training, where they what? are blindfolded and put in a water tank that's put upside down, and they have to figure out how to get out. No, <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> and I don't he finished pre- off with this is the best bit he finished off with and Tom went through all the same stuff they told him he went through that training like a 22 year old would that's how good he is oh, of course you're going to tell yes! him that because he's holding yeah. a gun to your head because <laughs> he's a lizard man like I don't bring it up all that often I'm not big on water I don't like yeah. it Okay. that's fucking awful and if a lizard man tried to talk me into that. Mm. I think I'd walk upset. I don't know. I think if a lizard man tried to talk me into anything, I'd go, please don't eat me, lizard man. Okay. And but he'd say, yeah. You know, he'd go, ha, 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 That's so funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I think, Sean, I'm just, I'm going to put you in the, in the scenario here. Right? You're mm. a budding actor and you get... You're you're too busy trying to get Mel into all these acting roles, but eventually you get a gig. I get it's a gig. For Top Gu- it's for Top Gun Two. This right. is going to be a fucking big movie. Tom Cruise is the star. It's a movie from the eighties that they're bringing back. It's going to make a lot of money. All you reboots have to are do, big. You turn up and Tom's like, "Yeah, no, that's really good. Yeah, no, I think you're a really good actor. I've seen your stuff. Um, just on the off chance, though, do you know how to swim? Because." You see that tank over there? We're gonna turn that upside down. Film. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna turn that upside down and blindfold you, and then you're gonna have to try and figure out a way to get out of that now, Houdini. Fair play to you. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> and then he runs away. Tom, Tom, come back here for a second. <laughs> I sorry, I must have misheard you because this is Top Gun, which is about the air. We're nowhere yeah. near the water, Tom. Granted, I'm sure there's some aircraft carriers, mm. but I doubt, as an actor and not mm. a trained pilot, yes, I doubt they're going to let me fly the plane. I, I'm hearing your concerns, <laughs> but at the same time, if I tell them you're flying, you'll fly. So I've already agreed to it, and I said you were good enough to do it. But Tom, I've never practiced. I said you were good enough. But I, I said you were good. Tom, I don't like water. <laughs> you wouldn't want to let me down, Sean, would you? You wouldn't I want to let me down. Not like ideally, no, but I think I might have to. <laughs> That's your good pal Tom, Mr. Cruise, the cruise ship. Well, I just met you. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'd be the type that you know he becomes your friend straight away. But it's a, it's a really, it's a fake friendship. Yes, yes. It is. He's he thinks he's a people person, but he's just very good at small talk. Um, well, he'd also repeat your name, I think, every five seconds. No, really, Sean? So, Sean? That's great, Sean. <laughs> Sean, well, you look really good today, Sean. Oh, Sean, what do you think, Sean? Yeah, Sean, no, you ready for training, Sean? Sean? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, wow, this guy's really nice. Wow, it hits this point. Get the fucking that's, war. <laughs> that's why <laughs> I started this episode underwater, because I'm actually, that's all actually happened. True. I'm training Top right gun. now. <laughs> I like how at the start you said I'm underwater, and then you said I'm also afraid of water. It's look, you got to respect the hustle. Look, I said swimmingly, and where do you go from there? I know you. It's almost like you painted yourself in the corner for no reason. When you almost think immediately, it. within my first yeah. word, 
I was yeah. already in the corner. You were already on the back foot for yourself. <laughs> right into um, a pool of water. So, Top Gun Maverick's action scene, Sean, will all be practical, using no CGI during the film's jet fighter sequences. So you will need to know how to fly a jet fighter for some reason. I I, I can guarantee that there will still be CGI. Yeah, because... Be- there's no way every actor agreed that they're going to learn to be a fucking fighter jet pilot. <laughs> That's true. But also, uh, planes are very reflective and you're going to have to paint out the other plane that you can see reflected with a camera. Oh, yeah. That's actually That's, a good point. It's still CGI. It's not a funny bit, but it's true. No, no you're just you're just attacking the production, really, other than anything else. But Well, everyone knows that movie crews are the laziest people on the planet, Connor. Yeah, they also said that... <laughs> not true. They work very hard. <laughs> Little bitches. Um, the so tough industry. They also, the director also stressed that they wanted the action to look real. Shooting the action sequences with never-before-seen technology. In an, up, in, an effort, in another effort to ratchet up the hype for the sequel, Cruz claimed no movie would be made like Top Gun Maverick again. <laughs> Someone's gonna die. Uh, like this movie costs maybe what 150 million. Yeah, let's just give a guess. 150 million. It's gonna make 300, 400 million. I'd say. Yeah, but he's gonna ruin a few people's days, though. Imagine that. Imagine the videos about him talking about how all TVs are shit. <laughs> I just, I would be so much more interested in the behind the scenes of this movie. Like, they're all just saying, it's never-before-seen technology. You'll never see a movie like this again. All the action is not CGI, and it's all in the same jet fighters, and you're going to have the actors in the jet fighters, and they have to be able to fly, because otherwise, this movie makes no fucking sense. But at the same time, would it not cost a lot less money to hire out one jet fighter, and just, you know, put them in it, and put the green screen around it, and make them look like they're flying? Yeah. Like, you can do that. That's allowed. And also, it won't look shit. Movies do that all the time. Yeah. Like, Star Wars, they don't make all those ships. But they all look grand, because you see them for four seconds in space. (laughs) You just have a shot of the cockpit, like, looking up at the pilot from, like, the dashboard. Yeah, and all you can see is sky and some buttons. And... How much money would it cost to rent out several jet fighters for fire sequences? Surely a lot more money. Yeah, on top of Tom Cruise's paycheck. Oh yeah, no, Tom, and Tom needs that payment. Because to be fair, he is going to try and kill himself and all of your actors. So you got to pay him a lot, so he maybe doesn't kill everyone. <laughs> it's, it's hush money, really. <laughs> Tom, we will give you an extra $500,000 if you just don't kill anyone. Just well, try okay. not to kill anyone. <laughs> I'll try, but I want to turn upside down the water tank. Let's see if they can oh, get out. Ara fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You um, can bring him nowhere. So, so Top Gun Maverick, they are going... Tom Cruise, he's like a 22-year-old, Sean. He never ages. He's the fittest man that's ever lived, and he's able to break out of all sorts of mysteries. See, there's a broad spectrum of 22-year-olds as well. Like, I, I, I was 22 a while ago. Uh, mm. I couldn't hang upside down in water. I think a lot of us were 22 once. At least once in our life. Think Some back of to, us um, will be 22 eventually. Eventually. But, like, if, if you're listening to this and you were once 22, just think back. Could 22-year-old you 
go upside down, blindfolded in a water tank, and then somehow get out. Really? Could you? <laughs> really, though. Don't lie to your... Really. Come, Come on, on don't Don't lie to your best friends, Connor and Sean. <laughs> well, acquaintances. Um, so, we're going to move on, Sean, to our next okay. piece of news. And that I'm sorry, is... I thought we were just acquaintances. No, no, not you. I meant me and the listeners. Oh, me and right, you, we're okay. best buds. That's who we're best buds. We're bad boys for life. <laughs> we're, we're bad boys for life. Number three. Number well, three. Scarface, Can't stress that enough. <laughs> I, I have Scarface news, Sean. And that is the Scarface reboot has landed the Call Me By Your Name director. Has there ever been a mesh of two very separate genres joined together? Um, Roland Emmerich and yeah, Roland Emmerich and Call Me by Your Name. <laughs> yeah, is this the Scarface reboot? Yes, that's that's odd because it one's a one Scarface. Yeah, one is Scarface, and the other is not Scarface. The other is a is a is a heartwarming romance. I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen Scarface, but it involves Al Pacino as some guy called Tony Montana. He loves cocaine, loves guns. He's just he's and he reloading. Just, he gets away with it. I'm pretty positive he gets away with it. I think it all ends well for Tony Montana. <laughs> it does well. Um, it was directed by Brian De Palma, um, and. This time, the, it's got a reboot, and the director is going to be Luca. Uh, oh no, I'm going to butcher this man's name. Luca Gu- Guidagnino. Guidagnino. Oh no. So, I hope his lawyers don't attack me or maybe contact me in any way, but he, they are going to be redoing doing a reboot for this movie. Sean, does the world need a Scarface reboot? Absolutely not. Like, no. Of all the. like, the, Okay, how do I phrase this? There are certain films. That you get shown as an example of these are good films. And and they might, objectively, they might not even be super enjoyable to watch. But they they have a status as good films. And Scarface is on that list. I think anything on that list should never be remade. No, because, because it's there for a reason. Yeah, and it's like, it'd be like remaking Chinatown. Or One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You know, like Why don't we just reboot Shawshank? How did nobody ever think of this? Get Shawshank back. Shawshank. <laughs> Get Shawshank back. Just walk into a Hollywood room. Just pop the script out the table. My only advice, lads. Get Shawshank back. Shawshank. <laughs> back. Bring it back, please. <laughs> um, like, it's, I, I, I don't... Of all the movies to reboot, I don't think Scarface is up there. Same with you can't reboot Titanic. But James Cameron's going to try if these Avatar movies don't work out. Sorry, when these Avatar movies don't work out. Let's just get that clear. <laughs> no, if. I think, I think the next one's going to make big money. Number five is really where it's going to take off again. When The Rock comes in, yeah. The Rock's going to come in, yeah. And he's not going to play an Avatar character, he's just The Rock. Because if, if you have The Rock, get, you, gotta you, play you the use rock. The Rock. Yeah. The, now the only what if I told you this? So you're not on the Scarface reboot. Um, it is directed by the same man who directed Call Me by Your Name, a very good director. Yeah. Right? It's Absolutely. also being written by. It's also being written by the Coen Brothers. Really? Have I convinced you any more? That's interesting. Now, interesting. is it the actual Coen Brothers or is it the Coens that wrote Garfield? 
It's Johnny and Frank Cohen from down the road here in Ireland. No, it's the Cohen brothers. Okay. I mean, I'm sh- like, hmm. I guess. Oh, he's 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 been slightly swayed by this news. Now I'm interested. Yeah. Because that's a, the, like, because I think the Cohen brothers love film. Is the thing true? So I think. They wouldn't do it if they didn't think they would be up for it. Does the Coen Brothers, of course, wrote uh, No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Um, and Fargo. Yeah, two fucking amazing movies. And both blood-soaked... Uh, well, Fargo, anyway, is a blood-soaked like crime drama. And No Country for Old Men involves old men, and there's no country for them. They're like, go home. <laughs> so- there's nothing for you here, old man. It's like, you know the map segment in Indiana Jones where the yeah. plane is flying in the red line? It's just that. And they're like, not <laughs> it gets, here. It gets to the edge, it's like, no. And then it just, the plane turns around and they go back home. It's no, very it seems weird. like there's no country for old men. Don't, don't know how they got the best picture with her, but look, we'll just... 2007 <laughs> was a weird time. I've not watched it, but I'm assuming. No. <laughs> I'm just... Re- it's like when you read the back of a book. Just read the cover. Just... What can you do? Look, there's no country, man. It's no country. I love. I love if there was like a like a, a college class on like f- film studies, and the, like the assignment was watch No Country for Old Men. We're going to talk about it. And, and me and you come in, and we haven't watched it. And we're just like, oh, fuck. Oh, just, the way the way there's yeah. no country for him. I don't think it's not- actually stated enough that the countries are like there's none of them. Like, there's just and none of them that are not, able to house these men who are old. I, I, and that's another thing. They're yeah. old men. Yeah, they, they, look, I didn't mention it, but my partner here is right. They are old. And they, they would be, they'd be <laughs> older doing, than normal. We're doing a group presentation. <laughs> it's, it's a fucking PowerPoint. <laughs> all all just, it is is the DVD cover and we zoom into different words. <laughs> There's five, yeah, five slides. No country for old men. What do they mean by four? Is it for me, for you, or for now these li- old men? Now I'd like to go back to yeah. no. No, that's very interesting. You say that, Sean. Very interesting to go back to <laughs> no because I think in the movie they probably did at least once. Uh, well, I mean, I I know they did. I know they I mean, did. I know but, when um, they said. No country for all men. They definitely said it. <laughs> the, the professor's like, very detailed immigrant talk in this. This is very detailed. <laughs> well, look, if they don't have a passport, if they don't have the right paperwork, those old men need to leave. No, that's there's the, no country for them. It might not be fair, but it's the way things work. <laughs> just like, and the lecturer's just like, fucking brilliant. They have seen things that nobody else in this room talked about. (laughs) Like the professor stands up and tries to start a standing ovation and everyone else in the class is just like, what the fuck? (laughs) We read one IMDB review. It was very good. Five stars is what they gave it. So I can only assume people love immigration or no immigration, depending how you feel. Any questions? <laughs> questions to the floor. <laughs> Are you ageist? <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, so the core brothers, Sean, they're involved in the Scarface reboot. The world doesn't need a Scarface reboot, but the core brothers are very good. So it puts us in an, is a difficult position. Yes, because on the one hand, we're not big on reboots. Hmm. Um, however, 
I am willing to let this one be. I am interested in this. I'm not saying I'm excited or I like yeah. it, but I'm interested but in it. If if he directed Call Me By Your Name, I would say that they're different genres of movie. They are, but... Not to say you can't cross-reference to different genres as a director. Like You might be good at different things, but it's, I suppose the Coen brothers are really what's drawing you in here. Because this director on Scarface, not really... It's like, okay, that's a bit weird. Bit of a weird choice. He might be good. But the Coen brothers have a lot of bank in this area. Yeah. like Yeah, and I feel like... Maybe... Make it a real collaboration between writer and directors, I would say. Mm. You, you know, like... Because if you have the Coen brothers, use the Coen brothers. Just let them write whatever. Yeah. Um, like, I can't really think of any other directors who just full-on switched genre like that drastically you know um yeah to go to go from like modern day love story to scarface it's always a bit of a stretch um see christopher nolan bounces around the place but i wouldn't say any of his are ever like that drastically different genre they're all just really serious really like epic take themselves yeah. really seriously skip movies spielberg with like et and Jaws Maybe, and things like Yes, to go from Jaws to E.T., I would, I would say that's a pretty big job. Oh, yeah. And saving I'd... Private Ride. Yeah, like, just fucking weird shit, man. Look, uh, maybe it works, but I don't think... I don't like the idea of a Scarface movie. So I think you maybe just even, leave it. Even the first one. Even the first one's not great. <laughs> I'm willing to put it out there. I'll say it, lads. We were all thinking it. I'll fucking say it. I I didn't watch it. This is back in the top of the class. But <laughs> that man has a scar on his face. And he needs to see a doctor. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, lads. I rest my case, your honour. <laughs> Walk out um, of the classroom. Just <laughs> drop my pen. Fuck all, y'all. Um, okay, we're moving on to more news, Sean. And this is The New Mutants. Everyone's favourite movie franchise. We are now told that The New Mutants has a new theatrical release date, August 2020. It's finally coming, Sean. We've been lied to a few times, but this one, I think, is locked in. Definitely coming out August 2020. How excited are you? Oh, cannot wait. Mm. Because, mm. and also, this, this ties in weirdly because I heard, or I read, I can't just say I heard on a quote-unquote news show. <laughs> um, I read on like a uh, comic book report or something like that, that apparently Ireland and the UK are going to get Black Widow around August time. Yeah, my uh, my second cousin twice removed told me <laughs> that uh, that was, yeah, I heard something similar. Well, my uncle works for Nintendo. And, <laughs> and I'll get you banned from Microsoft somehow. <laughs> they all talk. Um, New Mutants in August. Not a hope, is there? <laughs> I read this and I did the biggest fucking eye roll. Like, all right, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. August yeah. is the new theatrical release date, Sean. New Mutants, which has never let us down before on release dates. This one's going to be locked in. It's going to be, unless they're planning to be like, okay, if we're the only movie out when the cinemas reopen. Yeah, just one movie. We'll just make, that's why Sonic did so well. 
So, how many times has this been now? The, it's definitely not making this August 2020 release date, which means it's definitely been pushed back maybe five times? Or six? It was meant to come out in 2018. Yeah, to the point that we talked about this on the radio when we were on it, yes. I think. No, then 2017. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, kn- like, I know they finished filming, or they started filming it in December of 2015. Yeah, because Logan had come out. Yeah. Yeah. That's not it, good. <laughs> no, it's not great, I'll have to admit. <laughs> I would say that's a slow turnaround from production to movie. If it was filmed, fil- if it's finished filming four years ago and still is not out. It's... It, I don't know how they're... Pla- if they had even said September, I might have thought, okay, there's half a chance. Well, it's August 28th. So, late August. Late August. Mm. But, like, at what point do they just... This is the conversation we always have. At what point do they just cut their losses? And just never bring it out? Uh, uh, See, the thing is, like, is it costing them more? Would it cost them more to release it now, at this point, than it's going to make? Um, That's a good question. I... I don't think they lose money that much. I suppose they lose money every time it gets pushed back because they advertise it. And then they have to go through all of, like, putting posters up. And there was lots of posters when it was meant to come out in April. Like, I remember in March, I seen a lot of just, it's on the side of buses. Or if you went to the cinema, there was, like, posters everywhere about, this is coming out. Yeah, I've seen trailers for it in the cinema. Yeah, like, that, that all costs money. And then they have to stop it. And they did that before, and before, and before. So, like, I think at this stage, they're just going to have to release it at some stage. But it's not, it won't be August, so it'll be pushed back again. Why put yourself into this situation where you definitely will never make that new um, release date? Because you're just becoming even big, more of a laughing stock. Because everyone yeah, knows uh, they're already ridiculous. Yeah, because even if you can't, like... If you if you have to push it back again, even if it's not your fault, it's still another pushback. Like at the what moment, if they just never release it. See, that's the thing is that there's a weird element of the longer they push it back, the, the more people are like, "Oh, we'll never get to see it." So then, when it comes out, people will be like, "Oh, we have to go see it." No, I I mean, don't just not put it out, but advertise it, or not advertise it, but keep having release dates. Oh, there's always a release date in the calendar. So every year until 2040, it's always just like New Mutants is in August, New Mutants is in September, New Mutants is in October. Okay, this is this one definitely. And so then, ten years out the line, in every calendar ever for Marvel, there's always New Mutants, but it just moves every single six months. It's always penciled in. Yeah, it's. I I weirdly want to see it at this point. Like if they, if it does end up just disappearing, I'll be kind of dis. I'll be more disappointed than if it's a shit movie. I think it's funny. I think it's funnier if it just never happens. If it just never comes back. Just put it out on Netflix. I don't understand the problem. Or put it out with Disney Plus. You own it. Yeah, it's they don't seem terribly eager to put any of their like ready to release stuff on Disney Plus. No. No, they don't. Because I'm, I'm assuming there's way more money in the opposite. Like, leave it and then make it a bigger event when you are allowed to go back into cinemas. Yeah, because also, like, 
it'd be weird as well because if you want to release it everyone's just going to get the free trial and then cancel it to watch the movie and but conversely if you pay if you'd be like okay it's 15 quid extra and you get to watch it then it's your subscribers are annoyed at you then because i think that's a steal 15 quid for to watch a new mutants i'd give them a hundred would you actually quid yeah no i'd I'd give them my left leg just to watch that glorious movie (laughs) oh he's telling lies again audience (laughs) just just like two turns into it i just look down in the wheelchair at my missing leg i'm like fuck (laughs) this was a mistake See, you also said that about X-Men Dark Phoenix, and look where I we did. are now. No, I did. Now I've no legs left. <laughs> you said Shit. I'd sacrifice the world to a global pandemic just for the chance to watch Dark Phoenix. Look, lads, this one's on me. This one's <laughs> on me. Sorry, look. going to call a mulligan here. <laughs> I'm just going to give everyone a big, a universal sauce, and then we can move on. Um, so we're moving on to our next piece of news, and this is actually about Christopher Nolan. Um, oh. He had a new movie coming out this year that was scheduled for mid-July called Tenet. Um, have you heard of this movie, Sean? No, but I've heard of Christopher Nolan and July. Yes. <laughs> so, this is going to be his next big um, movie. Now, of course, Christopher Nolan only does like one movie every few years, so it's always seen as like a big deal when he releases it. Um, well, Tenet, or it's T-E-N-E-T. I'm assuming it's Tenet. It might be a silent T at the end. Tenet. Tenet. <laughs> um, no, but it, this was his new movie. And it actually had a rubber patents in it as well. Or Pats. Um, or Pats was meant to be in it. And so he has not taken this off the schedule yet. It is still, gum- is still scheduled for coming out in mid-July. There has been no change. It is still releasing in major markets like New York and Los Angeles. Okay. Yes. So he's committed to it. It's like, no, July will be fine. Now, that's the thing, because New York and LA, I think, have closed down cinemas. So he yeah. has said, we're not pulling out. It's still there. But Fox. all of this has caused a lot of confusion, because everyone's kind of like, you're going to need to reschedule. Um, but this, uh, we, I have a Hollywood studio insider has said that if Tenet, if Tenet's release is delayed, there will be no movies until Christmas. Um, no new movies until Christmas, um, as that's kind of seen as uh, like if that goes ahead, this would be good. But if it gets pushed back, then there's no hope. For oh really? Movie. So this is like the last holdout. Of... Yes. Oh man, is no that no new uh... movies until Christmas? That's rough for us yes. solely. Oh, uh... solely for us. No, it's it. it... But, like, if that's the way it has to be, that's the way it has to be. Let's just clear that up right away. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's... How do I put this? I'm not risking everything to watch Christopher Nolan's latest movie. (laughs) That is a very good way of saying, would you go watch Interstellar? (laughs) Just for the crack. Oh, well, for McConaughey, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that scene where he's looking at his daughter growing up and he's real sad. Oh, oh beautiful. I am my, Side note, I'm mildly obsessed with Matthew McConaughey's Twitter. Because he's doing uh, this thing where he talks okay. about all his old movies. And it's the fucking best. Because Does it's he all say, stream- all right, all right, all right? 
He says a bit of all right. He does. Oh, he's fuck. like he'll start what is essentially a brand new metaphor that no one's ever done before, and then he'll just work <laughs> through it somehow. It's amazing. <laughs> is is Matthew McConaughey fun? I don't know. I think he is. <laughs> I think he's a nice man, but he's just real chill. He's just yeah. He's the most chilled man, and he's also like he's he's the nicest. Like it seems, he seems like he'd be the nicest man, but he also has a bit of that Tom Cruise effect, where mm. it's just like, is he just dead behind the eyes? I don't know. I think I think he's just a nice man. I don't know if he has the lizard person about him. <laughs> the lizard person is not about him today. No, it's. A, I think the lizard person has not bitten him just yet. I think he's still just him because he still does dog shit movies. Name one dog shit McConaughey movie. Um, oh, what's the fucking one where he searches for gold? Treasure gold? Search? What the fuck is the... Doesn't he go swimming? I can't what? remember the name of that, that movie. Um, so that's alright, we won't put that on you. Oh, there's uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? Nailed it. That's that Actually, him? when he was talking about that <laughs> one, uh, he, he, said, he, said, he said a beautiful line. It was... Uh, actors always talk about their paycheck movies like the movies that just you get a paycheck every month because people keep Mm. buying them and this is my paycheck movie he said really yeah and he said and then he ends it with uh, and you can go watch it on streaming or iTunes oh my god it's so good (laughs) so um, other than a match we caught a hell of uh, Tenet is was a 200 plus million investment for the studio so they have put over $200 million because, of course, Christopher Nolan draws in big money. He draws in a lot of people because his name is kind of uh, is box office at this point. Um, and so they, they do put a lot of money behind his movies because he normally backs it up in the box office. So when a situation like this arises where they put $250 million into a movie that can come out, that's when it gets to the, that's when it gets to the issue they're in now where they're kind of like, well, we kind of have to release it anyway. Yeah, it's that's a very much a catch twenty two. Mm. Like, do they like if they were going for theatrical release? Like, you, you're probably not going to get New York or LA at this point. But but like, they're using it as like um, as a test as a testing movie because like they said because Nolan is such like a draw, this would be a big movie. If Tenet either moves out of its July window or flops, studios will take that as a sign that theaters still aren't safe and adjust their slates accordingly. I think among movie fans that'll happen, but like I, I think among the general public, mm. like you could release a Tarantino movie and it wouldn't change their mind if they already thought it was not safe. I don't. If think you be- released Avengers Endgame now, I don't know if people would turn up. I don't think so. I like, and that's if you're, and if you listen to movie critics, that's one of the movies with the most broad appeal to the most markets. Well, or if it's you the highest st- grossing movie of all time. Absolutely, which automatically makes it the best. Um, yes, but if you release, <laughs> yeah, it automatically makes it the best, or it just makes it the most must see. Literally, it's the most. <laughs> it's the highest grossing movie of all time. So that means it's the most money. Yeah, anyone's and- ever made. You could release a Star Wars right now and people wouldn't go to it. No, uh, but that's because Star Wars is shit, though. So you have to kind of like. <laughs> Ooh, oh, he's bringing in the salt. <laughs> Name the last good Star Wars movie. You can't. Uh, well, it depends who you ask. 
Yeah, it does. And that's Roger all right. Rogue is pretty good. Rogue is pretty good. Rogue One is pretty good. Rogue One is the, is a good fun romp. It is, and it Solo is, is not bad. Solo's not as bad as we all said it was. No, it's it's just grad, and it's fine. Solo's a movie you could definitely just watch. Yeah, I finished The Mandalorian. By the way, it's very good. All right, very good, is it? Yeah, very good. I think you. I think even you'd like it, Connor. Oh no, no, but I don't like nerd stuff. I don't like weird nerd stuff, Sean. You know that about me. Alright, go read your Batman mm. comics, you fucking I was just jock. about to finish this week of Movie Mondays with The Batman news. Oh no! <laughs> um, <laughs> Andy Serkis has said that The Batman will focus on the connection between Alfred and Bruce as the storyline, as the driving force of the story in the, in the upcoming The Batman movie. Now this is our last news story of the week, Sean. I didn't... It's, it's a bit of... It's a bit of background on this movie that kind of nobody knows really anything about, other than Matt Reeves said it was going to be a detective noir, and then we've seen some photos of behind the scenes. But other than that, we've kind of known nothing about what the plot is. Yeah, this is, like, I think that's a pretty good angle to take on it, because mm. there's there, there's a supercut on YouTube of, like, the best moments of every animated version of Alfred. And a lot of them is calling Bruce Wayne on his shit and just being like, I'm fucking worried about you. Yeah, Alfred yeah. is always the the soul. Like, he's the heart. Yeah, because he's like, Bruce is his family and he's Bruce's. Like, that, like and, they, they and only Bru- have each other. And Bruce is his son. If, as the most basic level, Bruce is his son. Yeah, so in he's terms just, of, like, like caregiving and protection. You know, um... It's similar in uh, Arkham Origins. Uh, there's a there's a great moment between Bruce and Alfred in that, where Alfred's just like, F- just stay here for tonight. You're exhausted and you're gonna go fight eight mercenaries. Yeah. And Batman's just like, no, they fear me. I am I right. You're to. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> He's an absolute, and that is like that's two years into Batman. Is origins. Alfred is basically the parent of every teenage teenager. It's just like, no, I'm going out. And you're just kinda of like, it's better if you didn't. But then he's like but the kid is gonna go out anyway. So but then yeah. at the end of the night when Batman is broken and he's blood everywhere, Alfred will still be the first person that turns up and starts fucking stitching them back together. Even though he's like, I told you seven hours ago this was gonna happen, but now we're here. Yeah, he's not gonna begrudge him the help. No but he's gonna He's not gonna. Uh, he's gonna say what he thinks at the same time. Yeah, he's the only one. See, Alfred has a very unique standing. Is that he's one of the only people that Batman would actually listen to. Yeah, and he he still doesn't a lot of the time. But if he's gonna no. listen to anyone, if he's gonna take anyone's advice on board, it's probably Alfred's. Now we have heard some sort of behind the scenes in regard to what the characters or what the characters story is going to be in the movie so you have um it says that the batman will be young but not inexperienced it will be bypassing it's still acknowledging the origin story marta pearls pew pew oh no i fall down a well oh you know i've skipped it all right um it still acknowledges that origin story but you know what i think we need to see it again i haven't quite remembered what's happened how how Um, slow-mo can we make those pearls 
I really want the Pearls to bounce at least four times in a 75 second scene. I just want 75 seconds, just Pearls. <laughs> just the, the whole movie, I want yeah. it to cut back to a single Pearl falling slowly. <laughs> but we have to cover each Pearl. So every Pearl is every five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, Joaquin Phoenix comes in and says, You wouldn't get it. Oh. oh. And it, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix comes in and he's like, I was thinking of a funny joke. <laughs> gotcha. Right? Yeah. Got- I'm um, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, rumour has it that the film is adapting comic book storylines like the Hollow- Log Halloween, which we've discussed here, um, and that kind of. which will challenge Batman's intellect and morality. Now, little else is known about the movie itself. Um, it's The filming has been suspended, obviously, in all the current climate, but it was meant to come out in 2021. Um, it will be exploring Batman's mantle as the world's greatest detective, which is something I'm very excited about. That's true. Like You, you like a smart Batman, weirdly enough. I love it. I do love a smart Batman, but Batman is like... Yeah, he's way better when he's smart and not when he's punchy. Yeah, and he's still good when he's punchy, but he needs both. I think it's it's way more exciting when he doesn't punch. All of Batman's coolest moments are when he go, like outthinks the opponent, rather than he just runs straight in and because he's really muscly, he punches them until they stop. Yeah, like, it's it's just better if he's clever. Because mm. he, he's not. Because if he's just strong, then he's just Bane. Not sorry. Like, I, I, that is a slight against Bane, who's also a genius. But you know what I mean. If he's he, he's he can't just be the strong dude. He needs to be the world's greatest detective and the most dangerous man in the world when it comes to fighting. So, Andy Serkis has confirmed that the film is likely to be as dark and complex as fans expect, because we're all looking for more dark and complex stories. You know what I mean? As the DCEU has shown, the darker and more complex, the better. uh, People like grit. (laughs) They do. I want rain. Give me rain. Give me, give me rain. Give me blue tint over all the shots. Uh, <laughs> perhaps a green tint during the oh, day. Fuck. Come on now, that's outrageous. Here's what I goes, want, Connor. I want oh? blue backlight, orange light on the face all the time. Fuck shit, that'll be so cool. <laughs> and pearls. <laughs> Fucking pearls. Um, so, Circus was also talking about Michael Caine's iteration of um, Alfred, of course, and he described that as legendary because Michael Caine is amazing as Alfred, so it's very hard to follow that. Um, Jeremy Irons was actually quite good as well in a kind of a different way. He was kind of perfect for that Batman. Jeremy Irons had a bit of the sass that we like from Alfred. Yeah, he had a bit of the animated Alfred in him. Um, yeah. I did, but I don't think he had enough time to shine in either of the movies. No. He said um, that the connection between... He didn't want to mimic what Michael Caine did. Um, and he said it. his exact quote was, It's very much about the emotional connection between Alfred and Bruce. That's really at the centre of it. And it really, is, it really is an exquisite script that Matt has written. So, I mean, obviously he's going to say that. He's in the movie. But it's interesting that they went with Alfred and Bruce because that makes a lot of sense. If you've got a young Batman, he's got to rely on 
this older gentleman because Alfred's a pretty much a badass itself so at the start they only have each other which I think that one begins really does a good job of showing yeah like they're a team and yeah he's the sounding board yeah he's he, he'll he can bounce ideas off Alfred and he'll also give something back but he also knows his shit when it comes to like because he was in the army so he knows like tactics and fighting and he he knows people very well and Andy Serkis is great like, Andy Serkis is great. I can't wait to see him. Like he, he's going to look the part, I think. But most importantly, he's going to carry himself like you know a very refined, proper butler type. But also, he was in the army and he could probably kill you without looking. What if he plays his character in Black Panther? I think Ulysses Claw. Claw. <laughs> Ulysses Claw is fucking mental in that movie. I love him. I think. <laughs> yeah. It's I, I, I'm but see that like if you got some of that like because he's jacked in that as well, yeah. I, I I wouldn't be mad at like a jacked a slightly jacked Alfred. No, I think that would be pretty good. Um, but I just wanted to cover that because that's an interesting route to go down. But it also it kind of any news about the Batman kind of makes me more confident in it. And I like that because normally what happens is I try to stay as far away from any Batman news on these movies because you don't want to get too connected, Sean. Then it comes out and you got a Batman vs Superman on your hands and you don't want that again. That's true. Or it's the case of Joker where you never wanted it in the first place. Yeah, true. Um, but I think that's it for Movie Mondays this week, Sean. What a week. What a week yes. of Mondays. Well, there's only just the one Monday, really. Um, but there's going to be one next week. Oh, very good. Okay, yeah. well, we'll yeah. come back for that then. Maybe? <laughs> we will, I suppose. If you want, like, are you around? Uh, no, actually. Oh, um, okay. Well, yeah. I, I have a large social gathering to attend. <laughs> yeah. I've all of my friends and family, so it's just going to be me um, and me. What you do? <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to take us out, Sean? Yes. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of. This, the Heroes for Hire podcast. Uh, <laughs> what? I'm trying something new. Give me a break. That was weird, weird energy. Go on. Uh, well, th- all right. <clears throat> Thank you, everyone, for go. listening to this episode of the Heroes for Hire podcast. We will be back on Wednesday with Weird News, Wednesday, Friday with Hero Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Mm. Uh, Big thank you, of course, as always, to all of our patrons over on Patreon. Uh, Alexander Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley and Ryan Evanson. Uh, really appreciate all the support over on Patreon. You guys are amazing and thank you very much. Uh, if you'd like to join those people, uh, you can head to patreon.com slash podcast or there's a link in the description. Um, if you are on the $5 tier, you get access to the Lazarus Pit, which is our... Uh, movie review show we go back and look at an old comic book or nerdy kind of movie and just have a bit of a riff on it um, and this month we are doing The Phantom Menace which is a Star Wars movie if anyone's ever fir- heard of Star Wars it's the first Star Wars movie to ever come out yes and ever so we thought, number one yeah we thought we'd see where it all began you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> who are these guys what's going on why is there so much green screen I said but then it gets really like 80s yeah. In the mid two thousands. Now this is pod racing. I shouted. In oh, excitement. I can't wait to talk about this film. <laughs> um, so you can look forward to that if you're interested at all. Um, as always, the best ways you can support the show: one, tell one human being that we exist. 
Just a one. Or two, you can like and review us on iTunes, which helps the algorithm like us more. I don't um, know how that works, but fair enough. Numbers in a computer, I can assume. True. Zeros and ones. Zeros and ones. Ones and zeros. Yeah. Um, but we're on all the social medias. They're all linked in the description. And we also have here's where underscore outlook.com. If there's any questions or like suggestions that you would like to offer to us. But I think that's about it for the week. I think you've nailed that, Sean. So, Thanks. Uh, I'll never try anything new again. Absolutely not. You'll never peak this. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm Conor Lawler. I've been Sean, mate. And remember, no country for old men. What a movie. <laughs> what a movie. There's the way those men don't have a country. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.